we are joined by Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos. Will, how are you doing? Doing well, Drew. Trying to, you know, get back into the rhythm of the week before we head back out on the road again this week. But uh, coming off a nice victory at West Georgia, you know, we talked last week about what a huge game it was going to be. Uh, it was, you know, it was that and everything. Kind of, everything we kind of thought it would be for most of the game, and the Argos were able to you know, come from behind again this time extend a little bit of the lead and hang on to win by two touchdowns. So not a bad road trip. You come back with that W and sets up the back half of the season nicely. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you're getting into a schedule that maybe isn't as uh, difficult as maybe we, we originally thought. You know, you have Valdosta on the schedule, of course. They are no longer in the top 25. West Alabama getting a vote, I believe it is, in, in the AFCA uh, poll. But look, looking at the GSC now, the Argos are in second. Delta State has crazy as it sounds, or first, uh, looking at the rest of the schedule real quick before we dive into re-recapping that, and particularly with this game with Shorter, how does the path to the playoffs look for the Argos? Is it a is it a good path? Is it a favorable one? How, would you go as far as to guarantee it? I mean, obviously there are no guarantees, but what does the path look like for the Argos to get to the playoff given the remaining schedule and how things have shook, have shook up with the GSC so far? We're you know, a week or two away from the first regional rankings coming out. That's what dictates who goes to the playoffs. you got to be in that top, you know, seven to, to make your, your regional playoff seedings and get into the tournament, so to speak. So, you know, the Argos, they control their own destiny at this point. If you win out from here, you're, you're going to be in the playoffs. They're ranked 10th in the country right now. Uh, you know, Delta State right there with them. And there's a lot of football left to play, obviously, that's out of their control as far as what does Delta do the rest of the way. I think making the playoffs pretty safe bet. You know, you never want to guarantee anything because injuries happen and weird, weird stuff can shake down. And, and yeah, it does look a little easier in the back half of the schedule, except now you look up and you're like, man, you know, we've got to play Mississippi College twice before all is said and done, once at home and once on the road. A tough team to play with the way they run that triple option. And, you, you know, we're already seeing what Mississippi College can do to people. So that that's a little bit of a difficulty and. You just you can't take anybody's. We saw with Delta and we saw with North Greenville. You can't take anybody for granted in the GSC. Every week you've got to bring your A game. And hopefully what we saw was the Argos A game and a second half of that game up in Carrollton, Georgia on Saturday night. And that if they're capable of playing to that level, if that's if that's where they can get and stay consistent and keep it right there, then the ceiling is so high for this team. And somebody asked me, you know, earlier this week, you know, do you think they have what it takes? to win another national championship. Obviously, this team did it in 2019. They came up one win short in 2017, this program. And I said, yeah, the, the talent is there. It's just maximizing your potential, and it's making sure that you come and play every week. And I don't think we've really seen, even with the big wins early against Warner and Southwest Baptist, I don't really feel like we've seen a full 60-minute performance from this Argo team. And if they can get that, I think you know everybody needs to look out across the country. Speaking with Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos, uh, Shamari Mason, man, uh, you know, a, a big, big <laughs> couple of games for him in record-breaking fashion over over this past weekend. Yeah, he didn't have the Shamari game that we've seen, you know, the previous weeks. He only went for 70 yards, but he ran for two touchdowns and, and broke, you know, 22-yarder really to kind of flip the game to start the second half after a turnover from West Georgia and then sealed the deal on a third and nine when we're trying to maybe get into field goal position. Instead, he takes it on a third and nine. It goes 21 yards and scores the sixth touchdown of the game and, and seals a 14-point win. And so the kid does it all and, and didn't have a ton of carries here. I was actually talking to him earlier today. 
asking him, you know, how did he feel after that 29 carry game against Delta when he ran for, you know, a, a school record 214 yards in the game? He said, man, I was beat up. I was tired. Well, you think about it. He came back the next week, said he was kind of beat up against North Greenville, still ran for 150 yards. And he was telling me, Drew, that he and Ravion Hargrove, you know, the, the backup running back, if you will, or guys kind of split a little bit of time. They, they went to Coach Schenick and said, hey, there's really no reason for anybody to get 29 carries. We're happy to share that load. They're both dynamic. Ravion had a mm. great game against West Georgia. Didn't end up with a touchdown, but was able to do some things on two very important drives in the first half and really helped move the chains. And then C.J. Wilson gives you another aspect as well, a little bit bigger, a little more physical. He's kind of become the goal line back. He had a touchdown on Saturday. They've got a nice mix. There's really – two or three other guys in the running back room that could play for almost anybody else in the country, but it's just a tough team to get carries on. And so Shamari is fantastic. He's 2000 plus yards in his career. He breaks Chris Schwartz's record for all time rushing and breaks Anthony Johnson, Jr. The running backs record for most career rushing touchdowns past both of those marks on Saturday night. And, and really to me, for my money, He's the best running back in Division Two football, and Ravion Hargrove might be the second best. Uh, I'll tell you, it's very interesting in looking at, at, at the stat line. They combined for 137 yards uh, combined on just 19 carries, as crazy as that is. But it's interesting that you mention the the relationship that those two guys have because I, you know, there's there's some guys I'm sure throughout the country at the D2 level, at, at the FCS level, at the FBS level who who want theirs, and not too many teams I would say have two or three different running backs, uh, particularly two in this case with Ravion and Chamari, who are willing to go to the head coach and say, look, uh, I, I don't need all these touches. Like, we can spread the wealth a little bit and continue uh, to be fresh and, and be able to make plays together as opposed to just one person doing it. It goes to show you, I think, the level of you know camaraderie that they have as a group, also the belief that they have in each other and that team-first mindset that you know Coach Shinnick preaches, that, that you look all the way up to, the FBS level that Nick Saban preaches. It doesn't matter who's in there. You're you're looking out for the team, and that's what you're doing it for is the name, you know, on the front of the jersey as opposed to the back of the jersey as well. And it seems like they, they've got that going. Part of the reason probably, Will, that they've been so good in, in just this brief existence that UWF football have had. Yeah, that is. That's that's coaching. That's the culture. That's the whole thing. And, yes, they, they are unselfish. And, yeah, you do want to think, again, they preach at you know this team and this program now but the success they've had, it's not a 10-game schedule. We're thinking about a 15-game schedule. And, yeah, you got to win the ones in front of you, but you want guys to be healthy and fresh. And, you know, Ravion missed most of last season with some injuries, so Shamari did have to carry a lot more of the load. He had Anthony Johnson Jr., the running back with him, who's now, you know, used up eligibility and is gone. So great to have Ravion in there. What I noticed, too, is both of those guys and CJ and the rest of them as well, it was a running play, a designed running play for Pee Wee, for Byron Jarrett, on Saturday night, and I look up, and Shamari Mason is lead blocking for him at 5'6", wow. 160, 70 pounds, whatever he is, and, and hitting people. And you can ask the coaches, and, and you know Steve Sonia, the offensive line coach, will tell you, man, those two guys, they, in pass protection, will get after somebody. They'll throw blocks. They are good blockers. They both can catch the ball in the backfield. They're complete running backs as well. And, oh, my, are they electric. I mean, you've seen them in action at games here at home. I mean, they yeah. – uh, Shamari's first touchdown run, that one in the second half, I mean, he gets to the outside, and he was about making people miss and being able to put the foot in the ground and change direction on a dime. He's got all that, right? Yeah, 3K's got all that as well. Uh, they they are every defense in the country's nightmare right now. You just don't want to see those guys in open space because they're going to kill you. 
How, how important is Pee Wee taking care of the football here, go, going to prove pivotal? I mean, obviously now, I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's, it's relatively favorable, as you said, but getting into the, those final couple of games, and, and particularly the one at home against West Al, and then you go to Valdosta State, I mean, anything's possible, and then the two games against Mississippi College. I mean, he did have two interceptions. How important is it for him to just continue to take care of the football in these games that, again, if you're – Coming down to the last couple of possessions, you look back and we see it all the time in college football and even in the NFL that turnovers can absolutely kill you. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a level of you know needing to get off to a little bit smoother of a start, find your rhythm a little quicker. The last two games, North Greenville and West Georgia, he he struggled in the first half, and the turnovers have been there, obviously. And you know the interceptions, he's throwing the ball. Sometimes he got that strong arm, he's going to be trying to force the ball in. Or actually, a lot of the interceptions have been they're slightly behind the receiver, and if the receiver gets a hand to it, balls up in the air, and mm. you know then it's anybody's ball game there. So they kind of clean that up a little bit, and be more accurate with the throws. And there were just some throws in general, even some quick outs to like David Durden or Caden Leggett. You're just trying to get that guy the football, let him turn and run, and the ball's low, and they're having to go to a knee to catch it, and you know little things like that. Those are things they work on. They'll fix ball security. Obviously, you don't want to see a guy fumble. He's got to be good with that because he is going to be called on to run. I mean, Pee Wee's essential part of the running game. He led the team in rushing this week. So he's going to do a little bit of everything, but you see when it works and when he's on and when he is dialed and he, and obviously the second half, he came out with sharper. I mean, that 62 yarder to Caden Leggett for a touchdown in the second half, that is inch perfect. You know, the defender jumps, the ball's right over his fingertips, hits Caden in stride and he's gone, and then he throws one to Dave Durden that's maybe a little high that Durden goes up and makes a phenomenal catch on. But he's got touch. He's got arm strength. He's got all the physical attributes, and he's smart, and he runs the offense. He knows what the you know the coaching staff is looking to do. It's just cleaning up those little things. Again, we haven't seen the best of Pee Wee. I think we've seen some moments here and there. But if he puts that full game together, man, you know, with you, you know, talking about the names we just, I've just rolled off for you, you know, Leggett, Durden, Rembert, Basin, Hargrove. I mean, there is so much talent on this football team offensively that it's, it's going to be difficult to stop him if Pee Wee Jarrett's playing at his best. We know how good David Durden is, obviously, and on the short list of, of the smaller schools to, to get into the Senior Bowl. But how good of an addition has Caden Leggett been? Obviously, the transfer in from Texas Tech, he's been very impressive I think just throughout these first few games I mean he's in a way become one of the go-to guys obviously while David Durden was out now now they're both going at it it's tough for defenses as you said but what has he brought to this team that maybe somebody else hasn't necessarily done is it that experience that when David Durden was out he was the go-to guy and was able to make plays yeah you know David Durden Dave's probably a little bit faster than Caden you know raw speed and, but they're both physically very similar size-wise. Caden's not afraid to be physical. He's got the good speed as well, the good hands, you know, running good routes. I'd say that Caden's more of a traditional wide receiver, maybe in that route running a little bit, where you know Dave Durden played running back in high school, and sometimes it's, it's that physicality that separates him. But his routes are good too. And Larry Rembert the same way. Larry made it. The one catch he had in the game was you know take a hit and get a first down, pick up 19 yards. So it's a uh, it's a talented group of receivers. Only three guys caught passes on Saturday, but there's other guys in that room too that can make plays. Isaiah Harris, Jacoby Quillen, guys like that. So it's hard. It's tough on a team like this because there is so much talent and you do have to spread it around a little bit. There's just going to be nights like it was Saturday 
where it is those two guys that get it done. But yeah, offensively, the weapons are so deep. We haven't even talked about the offensive line when they're playing 10 guys and rotating guys in and out. They're dominant. The, the rushing stats, you know, speak to that all season long. So this, this is a team that, again, when it, when it works, man, it is something to watch. It is something else. Speaking with Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos, you can hear him every single Saturday that the Argos have got games, a big one uh, this weekend against Shorter. What are some keys to victory for, for the Argos this weekend? Last team in the GSC, you would expect a victory, but obviously, you know, you got to be on your P's and Q's in order for that to happen. Yeah, Shorter's a better football team. Won their first two games of the year against non-conference opponents. They've lost their last four, but they've been in some really close ones, and they're deeper. That was that was kind of always the catch with Shorter is their depth would catch up to them in the course of a game. But we went there in 2019, and it was tied 14-14 at halftime, and it took the emergence of Austin Reed you know, to come in and, and trigger a big second half, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. That was earlier in the year that year. Last year, they came here and gave this Argo team a pretty good football game until the second half, and UWF pulled away and ended up winning by 20. You can't sleep on them, though. I mean, they're, they're, they got a quarterback and an Aeneas Dennis who's athletic and can throw it a little bit, and so you got to contain him and don't let him scramble out of the pocket and then release receivers downfield. So the defense is going to have to really be aware and try to contain him in the pocket and make him throw from there. I was really, really impressed with the defense this last week. Kind of took what they did at the end of that North Greenville game and brought it to West Georgia. And that was being more physical, not giving up big plays, forcing those turnovers in the second half, especially to, to flip that game around. And and I was looking at it, you know, Jackson Carson, the running back for West Georgia, he had a great game. He ran 30 times for 140 yards. His long was 14 yards. They did not give up a big run to him. Same to Harrison Frost. They had to drive 15 plays, you know, and, and, and 10 plus plays when they drove the score. Didn't give up those big ones like we saw against Delta State. If this defense eliminates giving up the big play, it makes it makes the other team drive and forces them to make plays. You know, they're going to make a mistake sooner or later. What the defense has to do against Shorter and focus on the rest of the year too is don't give up the penalties. Both of the touchdown drives, uh, or two of the touchdown drives for West Georgia, the first one especially. You know, roughing the passer on fourth down extends the drive when they would have gotten off the field. And there was a play, a questionable call in the end zone on a fourth down throw that they called a defensive holding. Same kind of thing. Don't make the mental mistakes, and this defense can play with anybody. So I think that's what you want to see. You want to see the offense continue to do what they're doing, get everybody involved, be efficient, be sharp, have the big plays every now and again, and the defense eliminate some of the mistakes kind of dial things in and, and, you know, show themselves to be what we hope is a dominant defense at this level. Great stuff. Again, Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos. Pre-game will be starting at 10.30 a.m. Pensacola time, 11.30 local time uh, for, for an 11 central uh, noon kickoff. Will, uh, appreciate the time as always. Hopefully the Argos can get a win, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm calling it a brunch game, Drew. 10:30, you know, okay. game show on the air. And and, and yeah. by the way, before before we go, I just want to throw this in there: Argos Athletics, all the programs for the last almost three weeks, 14-0-3. No team has lost. We've had a couple ties and soccer mixed in there. Everybody is rolling from volleyball, who's 12th in the nation. Men's soccer now ranked 21st in the nation as they debut in the poll. Women's soccer is in the top 15 in the country. Everybody is just rolling along right now, so it's a good time to be an Argo. Uh, absolutely, Will. Again, appreciate the time as always. Go Argos. What?